If you had to start a fire and all you had were two dogs, two hot dogs, <laughs> could you could you rub them with enough speed to generate a fire? Is this, is this you trying to make bumper material? <laughs> no, this is a legitimate question, Andrew. There's a joke I was thinking about that I, I don't know for some reason it's funny. I, I can't I can't quite exactly pin down how to explain it though. Where it's like, how much of a hot dog do you think you could put in your mouth before somebody calls the police on you? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know what types of foods can generate fire in a pinch. Popcorn. Ooh, yeah, popcorn. Like, but but by rubbing them together. Like, if you have two things. <laughs> no, but by rubbing. I bet you could make it happen with regular corn. Mm, you put you two corns corn. together? Yeah. You just rub corn? <laughs> just rub corn. <laughs> Didn't you learn how to rub corn in the Boy Scouts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scoutmaster Johnson taught me how to rub corn. <laughs> Maze, they called it. <laughs> no, they didn't. That's what the Scoutmasters called it. Yeah. That was the Scoutmasters' <laughs> tongue. Scout. The Scoutmasters' tongue. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke it really well. <laughs> we rubbed corn and, you, and he would speak in Scoutmaster to me. <laughs> oh, I hate that. And then we tried rubbing hot dogs, but I don't think that worked either. <laughs> Let me tell you about my family. I sell propane and propane accessories. Hey everybody, we are rising from the tomb on Saturday morning Tuesdays. Everybody, we're rising Saturday from morning Tuesdays. <laughs> Saturday morning Tuesdays. I'm Austin. A Rory. I'm Andy. I'm still laughing about Tuesdays. <laughs> and we're here with a incredible surprise. This incredible surprise that you're just gonna love so much is that we're doing mummies. We're doing episodes about mummies. This is mummy stuff. Everybody, we're walking like an Egyptian, we're kicking tut, we're going to do a whole bunch of episodes about mummies, and we are kicking it off with the first two episodes of Mummies Alive. And you know, I don't always like to condone giving Austin what he wants, but in this case, I, I'm glad we did, because this was this was a really exciting thing for me to watch. I. A, 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 a very strange uh, what am I trying to say I feel like if I had seen this when I was a kid I would have been all over it Dude, and I, and I, and I had escaped it entirely <laughs> I love the little bit that I saw I saw enough <laughs> that it I was it to, be, to be swooned <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before in the show but I think it's a pretty common sentiment that as mummies kids of are a certain, dope yes the mummies are fucking dope but kids of a certain <laughs> generation we're Story about those mummies, though. Can I get A-list. through one line without getting <laughs> mummy interrupted by you couple of mummy chuckleheads? I swear to jeez. Um, no, kids, kids were at the mercy of television schedules, and we had no oh, yeah. concept of how to just like figure out when a show existed, and to yeah. then like seek it out and watch it when available. 
Did you ever wake up a little earlier than usual and realize that there's just like way more shows than you didn't even know about? That they just yeah. sure. an hour sure. early. Although there's some shows that were on during my school schedule. And some oh. things I, I just didn't have a way to watch unless I got home early enough and then I could actually watch Pokemon. And as I stayed home, unless I told my mom I don't feel good and get to watch Matlock all day. Right. <laughs> but, but so Mommy's Alive was one of those that just happened to be on sometimes and I could catch it. And it was amazing <laughs> and very inspiring. And, and then it was gone, you know, like a ship in the night. This... We have to talk about mummies in general, right? Like, what a dumb... A-list, a a, no, A-list monster mummies. <laughs> it's not A-list. It shouldn't be on the Tom, Tom Cruise does mummy movies. <laughs> it's, it's a top dog. It's Dracula, Wolfman, mummies. In, it's, it's up there. That's up there. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. In recent history... The the only like the crown jewel of an A list was to get a heartthrobby teen romance series, uh, mm. and to have like a CW show or a, or a smoochy a smooch heavy movie involving yeah, but you, the mummies. But you involving can't back these that thing up onto a mummy. Well, like, you can't. They should. They figured out how to do it for Dracula's. They figured out how to do it. <laughs> How to do it for Wolfman. Draculas are like, you know, walking Lotharios. They're just the you know, big, big, big old teeth to get in the way when you try to kiss them. I kind of feel like The Walking Dead sort of made zombies. They, they sort of it sort of smushed the Venn diagram of mummies and zombies a lot closer. Well, together. you cannot lump <laughs> mummies and zombies together in the no, same. No, you can't. But I but people got zombie hard zombie boners, and then we started getting <laughs> movies like or shows like what is it like I Zombie and and uh, Santa Clarita Diet, right? And then they they kiss the those aren't zombies. Them. Those are people. Those are dead people. That's a mummy. If it's a, if it's people still, it's mummy. I, okay. I don't see any canopic jars anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to talk here's, about here's, something. Here's no, 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 no. I, here's what I'm saying. Oh, here's what I'm say. saying. Okay, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer took Dracula's and made it so they could be out during the day. All right, she changed the cannon to make them more smoochable during the sunlight hours. Okay, we can do that for mummies. We can do that for mummies. You we make can, their lips plump and kissable. We have to do that give work it a for Pharaoh's mummies. Curse we owe, to if, have we, these if we owe the mummies one lips. thing, it smooches on their good mummy lips. Give mummies <laughs> say, Botox. Just there do is it. flexibility for this. Okay, and we cannot just cast them aside like awful <laughs> and just sort of leave them off the table as kissable fantasy properties. Uh, we have to answer a question for me. Are mummies just? Specifically clothed zombies. No, they can think and no. they, then they, they, they want to get you. No, mummies are... They're trying to get you and like, hold you down for hugs and kisses. Look, if they say the clothes make the man, uh-huh. well, the wrappings make the mummies. Is that is that where that thought ends? Do you have anything else to... <laughs> no, that's absolutely where it's over. Great. No, Good. a mummy is like... They're, they're special, okay? No, I, I, I agree completely. They're not zombie. I agree completely. What I mean is, what I meant though was that they sort of they took away the space mummies used to occupy in pop culture by just making by making zombies that can talk and do stuff. Right. You know. Yep. Totally. That used to be mummies when they used to do mummy movies. They could talk and they could you know they would be like, "Hey, don't take my don't put that on your head, you goofball. This is my hat. This is my mummy <laughs> hat." <laughs> so and are I they like? Get, and I and I gotta get you. Are they <laughs> like top one percent zombies? 
Yeah, they're well, the yeah, ones they, that can they are rich people. We don't really talk about the fact that they're all rich people, but yeah. And, and zombies, <laughs> zombies are all about that. Zombies are all about that, like you know, extend the arm and like bite people. But mummies are all about that signature grab move. You know, like they grab you from behind. The, the they, top, they got the top one percent of mummies <laughs> and the zombies. The ninety nine percent of the zombies here. We gotta speak out for the ninety nine percent. The top one percent of the zombies coming around. The wrapped up. <laughs> you done with that? You running for your mummy president? With with yeah, with zombie Sanders. <laughs> zombie Sanders. That's a character that's gonna come back next episode. <laughs> zombie <laughs> Sanders comes back. <laughs> we bought the great state of a book. Okay. All right. Mummies. So what are we so the show, the show that we're watching is Mummies Alive. Uh the best thing to come out of nineteen ninety seven. It's up I, there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this show, uh, this show is sort of a, uh, a, a Canadian slash American production. It was co-produced by Ivan Reitman, actually. Yeah. Famous producer, Ivan Reitman. Uh, who famously also produced Space Jam and all those Beethoven movies. So, you know, this is good. Yeah. It, uh, it had one season. They thought it was going to have two, but it got canceled because of bad ratings. Cause a lot of people saw this as a Gargoyles clone. Cause it, it uh, is the writers a were... It is a Gargoyles clone and it's a, uh, I mean... It, let's put it out there. It's not that good. <laughs> well, let's hold, speak for your goddamn self, right? I just, I'm just thoroughly unsurprised it only got one season. Yeah, me too. I, well, some of the writers uh, also worked on Gargoyles. Yeah. So, but they're, you know, they're all a, like alumni of the X Men show, which was way good. Oh, sure, sure. That explains some similarities in the animation style. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of X-Men cl- people. Yeah, I guess it Gargoyles, it feels tar- you know, tonally similar. Um but I would say what what it what it ripped off like I think more than anything else was uh this sort of secret ancient world I- I- hiding in in America, you know? Mhm. Yeah. Uh w- whether that's medieval Europe or or uh 25 BC. Yeah, or those, or those good mummies. Yeah, although if you're gonna steal, you might as well steal from from the good king, content. From the, from, yeah, and yeah. steal from gargoyles, man. But yeah. it also, but it made the mistake of putting us with an with an unbearable teen boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's just constantly, just constantly being awful and unbearable. He's a regular what's his fuck from Spider Riders. Well, yeah, we'll never know his name. We'll never no, remember. His no, name I'm looking his name up. You know what? Because we need to remember this sort of thing if we're going to have some sort of Hunter right. Steel. That's right. Hun- Hunter Steel. <laughs> Hunter Steel. And now we have Presley Carnivon. <laughs> Carnivon. Yeah. Weird. Uh, what a weird name for it's our- like a, a shitty rude teen who has four bodyguards like mummy guards that think or, you know, think rightfully, I guess, that he's the reincarnation of an ancient pharaoh named Rapses. Right. Now, when they first mentioned Rapses, I mean, you think it's Ramses? No, it's not Ramses. It's Rapses. Yeah, they use a whole bunch of Kirkland brand mummy names for, <laughs> yes. for, this, yes. for this show. Yes, definitely. You also kind of half expect, like, a, my name is Rapses and I'm here to say yes. that. I 100% do. And the, the theme song does have a little bit of rapping in it. It does have a little bit of rapping in it. Yeah. Should we? Yeah. We should we should really just kind of jump right into this this theme song, huh? A little boy named Presley found a secret out this year that he was once a pharaoh when Egyptians ruled the world and now the sorcerer named Scarab tried to get him day and night. 
They packed so much into this theme song. The yeah. lyrics just like come off real strong. I couldn't catch a word of it. <laughs> I did look up the lyrics. Um, yeah, it goes so fast. It's mostly uninteresting. It's just like, hey, he's a boy. Yeah, just saying he's got some stuff, money friends. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to point out, they talk about how he they're like protecting 25 BC. So like I'm I'm led to believe that 25 years before Jeepers Creepers, these like Power Ranger mummies are like doing their shit in Egypt. Like these guys are absurdly magic. Like this this did not raise any alarm bells with people that you could turn shit into snakes. <laughs> and then Jesus was the big deal 25 years later. Like I I don't I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just, you know, it doesn't seem very historically accurate right from the get-go. Uh No. No, it's definitely in this sort of magic period of you know hey it's it's foreign so it, it's kind of just magic and who knows what <laughs> well they do say that like early it's like uh the they do their transformations and then they transform back in the stupid kid whose name i'm always forgetting uh presley, presley. With, because it's incredibly awkward and yeah presley is like he's like how'd you do that and wrath wrath is like magic and you're just sort of like magic. okay okay all right yeah. This is where we oh, are. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Although magic. they do, they do one of my least favorite things in uh, in fantasy stuff, uh, where <laughs> where they have this sort of like sudden dire need to commit to historical accuracy on the topics of like race and gender. Yes. Way way in a show about magic transforming mummies. <laughs> they have so to be like, rough. "Oh my gosh, it's the, the the woman has this enormous elaborate backstory about how they could possibly mummify a woman to yeah. be one of the to be one of the king's guard." And we're like, "Nobody gives yeah. a shit." Yeah, they're okay. mummies. These <laughs> are it's, mummies. It's, it's clearly not an issue with anyone. They just go, "Oh, you're a woman." And she's like, "Yeah." And then we move <laughs> yeah. on forever. Right. Like, it's not. It's Here's so a fabricated problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, no, no. It's 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 just so it's so egregious when they feel the need when they feel the need to apply more as if as if to suggest that it's it's an equally it's an equally absurd or more absurd fantasy. Like, yeah. like not to kids. I would, not no, not to anybody. In the <laughs> Wild Wild West, we get about. 10 minutes of them explaining how a black man became a federal marshal and yeah. no and then nobody explains the giant robot spider like you don't get to do that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well and on top it's of that either is this horrible fantasy cherry. or not you know or neither the the shitty cherry on top of this is that her name, they think her name, his name is Nefer. And then she's like, nope, I'm a woman. My name's Nefertina. Nefertina. You know, Nefertina. famous ancient Egyptian common name, Tina. Tina. It wasn't, it wasn't the, wor- the worst name of, of them all by by a leap and a mile is the armless guy named Arm On, though. I mean, that's <laughs> just... Oh, shit. That's just, that's yeah. just outrageous. That's Arm On. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about the four the four uh, uh, mummies that we have protecting our young right. boy. And so, um, but but by the way, so this is episode one. This is called Ra 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 Ra. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's uh, a joke. 
hilariously, the only summary the only summary I could find says the first episode explains how everything came to be. The mummies also find out that Nefertina is a woman. That's <laughs> oh. that's the whole thing. Yeah. All right. It Picking says nothing the about the showdown details. with Scarab uh, or the fact that they drive a car or there's like a big old fight scene on top of a truck. Like none of that stuff is touched on. It just it, the important part is that Nefertina is a woman. Wow. You guys, um, that person we've hung out with for a whole life is like... And who we can clearly peg, and who we all clearly peg as a woman immediately, because oh, they're yeah. obviously a woman. <laughs> yeah, and it's Cree Summer, a great yeah, voice actor. Cree Summer, like, I don't know. There's no there's no way you don't know that's a lady. Uh, so that's Nefertina. So she has, she's kind of like a, when she does her Sailor Scout transformation, she gets cat armor she and She becomes a, a sexy cat lady with mm-hmm. a cat. With a yeah. whip, she becomes a real, a real, a real, a real uh, uh, fantasy awakening mummy dominatrix. Yeah, see, this is a sexy mummy that we're talking about. This, this is what sexy mummy we're doing. These, these, these are these kissable mummies. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, I don't know. The, their their armor all kind of makes sense, except for Armon's. To me, I don't really know what his theme is. Uh, he gets an arm on. Yeah, his theme, his theme. His is theme is that is he he's gets got. His, He's got like ram horns, and then he gets an arm. Oh yeah, that's right. He's got like, kind of a ram thing going on. Yeah, it Look, is fun though, though that the time that they're not in their ma- in their in their sailor scout form that he's walking around with one arm. Like mm-hmm. I like that. And they commit to it. Yeah, yeah. They they really they, these designs are cool. I mean, these they are, are they're cool looking Stargate ass fucking like Egypt mecha but, designs. They're they're. But the second I saw them transform, I just immediately thought, oh, Hasbro signed off on everything in this show. Oh yeah! Oh like, yeah! Like this is made for uh, action figures. Like yeah, per- but at distractingly the same time, so. we really don't get a lot of of mummy nonsense. Uh, I mean, we get a ton of mummy nonsense, but of the of the Saturday morning Tuesdays uh, trademark word nonsense, as in just uh, yeah stuff happening. There's mm-hmm. it's not a lot of that. Not a lot of action and running around and just being yeah. in there, being in their badass toyetic form to get to get the kids all jacked. Uh, there's Armon, who is the big guy, <laughs> big guy missing the ra- his right arm. There's Jacal, Jacal, who's like the the Leonardo of the group. Yeah, um, he's like a bird arrow bow and arrow. Oh, guy. is he? I thought I thought they gave him the jackal outfit. That's why I was so outraged at his name. Is he? Is no. he the bird one? I think he's got. I think he's got kind of like an eagle thing going on, like a bird. Yeah, he's got wings and he's got like a beak that comes over. Uh, the front. Okay, I guess he yeah. gets a little bit more of a pass because I thought they made him a jackal, and I was like, oh, you guys. After Armon, you <laughs> really mean, are you're really pushing my pushing my my limits. Mummy on this buttons. One. <laughs> I mean, maybe who knows? There might be some <laughs> of it in there. And then finally, we have Wrath, uh, sassy, arrogant magic man. Uh, who the has snooty snake. book learning, the nerd, this is the nerd, the mean nerd, He's got <laughs> the snake mean armor. nerd of the group. <laughs> I I didn't remember a ton about this show, but watching the beginning and seeing the characters all assembled together without hearing them say anything, my brain just went instantly to knowing exactly who these characters were, just from watching any cartoon. <laughs> like uh, you yeah. just you see the big guy yeah, and you're just like oh he's gonna be like oh i'm hungry where's the food oh uh-huh. it's it it's kind of as close as we get to the sort of uh the way that power rangers as a genre you know there's the red ranger and they're a type and the blue ranger is a type yep. mm-hmm. these guys are not 
uh, you know, they're not color coded, but they may as well be. We, right. We, yeah. No, they they use extreme like story shorthand, mm-hmm. it, like like to almost a, a frustrating degree. Like, you know, like you said, the big guy is always going to be like, where's the food? Like, that's the easiest. I I could do that in an afternoon, write up a few right. characters like this. And it's, exactly. it's clear that that's all the work that they put in. It was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, well, it's Jacal, so and Jacal is the like bland, white sounding protagonist. The like, hello, don't worry about <laughs> yeah. that. I uh, have a wife yes. and son. I don't I know have where a they wife. went. Aha! Yeah, the, I'm the vaguely of the dinosaurs. Yeah. The vaguely I mean, non-threatening father figure. Right, right. I mean, it's it's definitely paint by numbers in that regard. Uh, I, it's unclear where our main kid's father is. We've only seen right. a mom. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the story is there, but clearly the mom is not paying attention to Presley at all. Like, no, he, he has like what seems to be free reign all the time. And I get that this is the 90s and we let kids just do whatever they want a lot more back then. But like he he's he's no, he has no supervision. He's a no. skate kid. He's yeah, he's a skate kid. He goes into her office while she's on the phone. She doesn't even pay attention to him. And then he steals money out of her purse. And we're okay, supposed to... so we should clarify. <laughs> we should clarify the setting right now because it was not clear at the beginning. All we know of the setup in the in the cartoon so far, we see a tomb that's being desecrated by some mm-hmm. British man. He's like, "No, oh, I'll oh. open the seal," and he's <laughs> like, "Hey, so... don't open the seal." <laughs> right? But yeah, there's that too. The very, the very first thing that happens is we cut. We open on this white guy surrounded by local workers. And they yeah. open the tomb up and he's like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> also, they've been helping him open this tomb for like days, assumedly. And then he's about to open the tomb and suddenly like, wait, no, don't do it. It's thing we've been helping you do for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that part doesn't pass. But I just like the, I have done it by myself. Yeah, <laughs> I have right. accomplished all of my goals. And the thing he ends up doing is unleashing Scarab, who's inside this tomb. He's a big evil man. He's the main bad guy of the show in an incredibly ever-present way, a la Shredder. Like, almost every episode description mentions Scarab. I know that there's at least a few other villains, but, like, we better get used to Scarab if we're going to watch more of this show. Yeah, he's going to be around. He kind of looks like a Protoss from StarCraft. (laughs) Uh, When he transforms into his bug armor, he kind of also looks like Foot Clan. He Ninja. does, yeah. There's, there's definitely some of that in there too. It's the same purple. Uh, so we know that he's back, and then we cut to a sphinx and some kids skateboarding. And so we're like, are we in? Is this like Egypt? Is this like cheap Egypt? Like what? This is super cool. Back to the Future Egypt. Yeah, like no. what world is this that we're in? And it takes, I think, half well, the episode to really confirm that we're in San Francisco. Yeah, and not actually in like weird. White we are in Egypt. this weird white people Egypt. It's this, it's super weird. And, and even Presley is supposed to, I, I mean, well, I get the impression when they say he's, you know, the son of a, an Egyptian, uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't look Egyptian. He looks well, like, he a, doesn't look, he looks like a bland ass white kid that they, you know, did a, did a fill with in, in, in Microsoft paint and just darkened <laughs> yeah, him up I mean, a little bit. He's got, he's got Matt Damon hair. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's got green eyes, but his skin is noticeably darker shade. It's yeah. true, but I don't want to give him points for that because darker. he's obviously drawn as a Caucasian. He's a white kid that they just, at the last minute, felt a little, you felt they had to... I, I would agree with that. I don't yeah. think the character design came from a, 
hey, no. let's make a non-white protagonist. It was like, yeah, this is our kid, right? Oh, we can't, what do you mean we can't make him Egyptian <laughs> and super white? Is that a problem? <laughs> the whole the whole beginning of this episode is where he is. Well, we find out that his mom works for this museum. They've got a giant uh, uh, exhibit going in. They've built this whole like kitschy giant sphinx thing to house the exhibit and it's all about whoa cool sphinx (laughs) (laughs) but also okay i fucking hate this that it's it's the most weird like backwards we have to explain everything logic while also making everything the most convenient it can possibly be why does his mom is the only person in the city who works for this who like you know runs this exhibit He's Presley is the only skater boy who's going to who's going to skate by and not even how does he not know that there's an Egyptian exhibit? He's, that's what his mom does. That's why she leaves him alone all day. Yep. I yeah. don't under <laughs> the one thing you should say is, oh, that's right. The Sphinx I've seen 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing that I've done, this didn't pop up overnight. This wasn't like a surprise Sphinx. This is clearly like a an in-depth Sphinx! thing. Sphinx. <laughs> oh, but the Sphinx is this, this exhibit is to 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 show off a bunch of mummies and sarcophagi uh, from the the ancient pharaoh Rapses. And as soon as the kid starts wandering around in the exhibit, which I guess like I, I don't know, it's you know because he's his mom it, works there. It's a very Hunter Steel style, like just feeling like he can. I'm just gonna yeah. go, I'm just gonna go desecrate some rooms, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some artifacts. It, Let's just go play in the play in the exhibit. <laughs> as soon as how he, he gets in, in is sort of. I don't, it's question mark. But well, yeah. it, there is there is a little bit of coolness going on where he, it seems like he's a little bit magically compelled. Uh, yes. You know, he starts, you know, he's like, why do I feel like this? Why am I crying? Which was mm-hmm. kind of tight. It was like, tight. What's going yeah. on with me? Why am I here? Why he's am I making these choices? Some kind of emotional resonance, some sort of reaction that yeah. him being in this exhibit is causing something. And he is immediately uh beset upon by evil clay dudes and scarab who shows up and is like ah ha ha it's you rapsies and he's like what the fuck i'm not i'm just a stupid kid with a horrible name i'm presley and uh on cue yeah presley (laughs) really on cue all four of our sailor scouts arrive and immediately which i don't like it's it's a really uh it was a really undramatic arrival of our yeah, our... like, can he can he use, like, a, a seal that opens up something that, just more active, well, right? And it needs, I, like, I a more active, deserved entrance I, for the floor. I, I certainly, I, narratively, that's true, but I also just didn't give a shit about the mummies yet. Oh, okay. And I know, I know that this makes, I know that this sort of would change the premise and make it a little more like Sailor Moon, but at the same time, like, I think that it would have been more fun if not only was Rapsi's reincarnated as this kid... That maybe the four protectors are reincarnated and it's sort of like we take an episode or two to like have these mummies arrive and it's maybe like people from his life that oh, sure, sure. you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. like, like a but way then to care about mummies. them ahead of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then they're not mummies all the time. And that's less fun, I guess, from a certain angle. Um, yeah. Then it's just like Gods of Egypt. We should do a movie <laughs> called Gods of Egypt. Uh, and and the fun part about having the mummies all the time is that it kind of makes it, it it puts us more in a Thundercats zone, right? Where like as of like episode two, they start making a secret lair, and we're sort of worried mm-hmm. about like hiding them. Like it's 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 cool. I get that. But it also handcuffs them to uh to some to some tough narrative choices, I guess, where they're like 
the, the, they're so limited in what they can do because they're mummies all the time. <laughs> like they can't right. go out and do stuff. The the thing that's immediately mummies. unclear, the thing that doesn't ever really get uh, explained properly, is how much they know. They've they've awakened in the late twentieth century. Uh, is this for the first time they've ever woken up? Because they seem pretty chill about everything. They're pretty chill, but well, they they want to ha- they want to have their cake and eat it too. And I don't exactly. really mind so, and- because because like I I'm so fucking at this point just tired of <laughs> of having to listen to people from you know who've been awoken or are dinosaurs or what the fuck ever wherever they're from have to learn about every single little you know look under every fucking rock and to understand what's going on. I just don't care. I, sure. just, I want them. To, I want but, them on the same page as me, and that's fine. But uh, we have a moment at the beginning where where Armon uh, says, "What's a cell phone?" And yes, then they do. Rath, they use Rath yeah. is like, "Oh, you wouldn't understand. How do you understand what a cell phone is?" Yeah, so that's sort of you... what I meant when I went when I said they want to have their cake in it too. They want to do the right. bits, but they but when it's not bit time, they want them to just kind of be on board. But it's, well, it's not that, funny it, if we don't know how much they know. I agree. Yeah, I agree. and it's that same writing where they just sort of wrote jokes and didn't care who they gave them to because it's mm-hmm. clear they they established that Armon knows nothing and is very ignorant of what's going on. But later in this episode, he's like in the truck on the and they're fighting, and he like he says something to one of those statue guys. He's like, "Please exit through the back of the vehicle." And I'm yeah, like, "That's a pretty you know savvy that? joke for someone who didn't know what the refrigerator was." Sure. I mean, they get some they get some fun business out of it where they're like gawking at a one of those like perpetual motion or the, yeah. the little like desktop ball <laughs> toys that click. Right. What are they called now? I've already forgotten. Somebody's cradle, right? One of the one of those physics. Yeah, Newton's cradle. cradle. Yeah, yeah, Newton's, Newton's cradle. cradle. There yeah, they're like playing with the Newton's cradle just all transfixed by it. And that's that's fun. You know, they it don't call fun. attention to it and you just see exactly. them doing it in the background. Like that's fun. That's them being like babes in this world. Yeah, there's a couple jokes that they do as well that are like uh, they only work because of an awkward phrasing that uh, that Presley does to set up a pun where oh, like, God, yeah, um, <laughs> like there's a part where later where they 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 get in a car and Nefertina's driving and she goes, this chariot is very swift. And he said, it's ought to be. It's got one hundred and eighty horses yeah. under the hood. And she says, they must be very small horses. I call that kind of joke writing uh, coach pitch where like you, <laughs> you have to use this this completely fabricated setup in order for the punchline to work. Uh-huh. Like any would normal it, person would say. Nobody would have power, ever said what horses. he said in a million years. Yeah. You would have never said that except right. no. for the to pay off this joke. Yeah. I was mostly willing to look the other way because I was I, I, maybe we haven't said this yet. I think you, you probably feel the same way I do. I had a, I had fun. Like I yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for it. <laughs> Rory did oh, not see, care for this. I, yeah, I had I mean, fun. I, I did too. I I was I was actually going in thinking it was gonna be a piece of shit, and then like <laughs> watching through it, I was like, I'm surprisingly not having a bad time with this. The uh, the, the <laughs> I was swept the, away. The joke I liked was when they were in. The, they're in the tomb, and and um, <laughs> before before they hear on the news that somebody stole all the mummies, I thought that but that was just funny <laughs> as a. You know, that's just a funny thing to hear. That that's. I don't know if that's really a joke. No, but um, it is great. It, it was funny. It is funny to just know that mummies are funny and to just allow that to be part of it. Um, <laughs> they are funny, but. Uh, <laughs> they're 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 in the tomb and they're they're before they climb out the the you know the hole in the top of the ceiling to to escape uh raf or one of them is 
out of nowhere picks up this mummified cat and is like, the sacred cat will go first. And then just, oh, he's <laughs> the cat. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. his his wrappings fall down, like, because the cat's mummy and mummy, mummy too. And so the wrappings fall down and they climb up it like a, he was a grappling hook. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a bad grappling hook. <laughs> The, the the rest of the stuff that happens in this episode is pretty simple. Like I had I had a better time with the second episode, but I, I came in pretty I came in pretty uh, upset with this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah. The the end of the episode basically. Uh, so we find out that the mummies need their sarcophagi in order to recharge their powers. Mm-hmm. So they need like regular naps in order to be powerful again. Oh, you know what? I have a, I have another, I have another bone to pick with this. So there's this running gag throughout the whole episode that uh, that sarcophagi and sarcophagus are just too hard for poor white Presley to say with his dumb white mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just not funny. Oh, it's just, it's just noticing that foreign words are different from non-foreign words. I don't give a shit. It's not a joke. <laughs> it says it a joke. This isn't jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's I also love that like so so yeah, I mean, the mummies save him. He he's, you know, they they transform back and he's like, "Why don't you stay that way all the time?" And just like Austin was saying, they're like, "Yeah, well, we have to go back into our sarcophagi to recharge." And so he's like, "Oh, well, I know where you can go hang out. Come back to my house. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, this kid meets a bunch of adult freaky mummies. Adults and he's like, why don't, why don't you he's come back to my place? around and teach him any better. They move. Come back to my place and watch TV. Hey, mummies, come watch my TV. On, like, he's just like, like a latchkey kid who eats, like, <laughs> peanut butter just, and string cheese. <laughs> I, I did that the other day. I, it, it's annoying. It's, it's funny when you have just the, the hint, just the whisper of an of an interesting insight, and then are so quick to to explain away how it's never going to be a problem for the show so what i mean is you should ask why don't you just stay in your baller form all the time yes you know why why don't the yeah, sailor scouts just always that. already yeah. transformed that's a good question to ask why don't you just always be baller yeah they never <laughs> usually ask that <laughs> mommy but then why the answer you is like ballin'? oh well you know well we have to I don't know. It felt like this is never going to be a problem. That they're never going to be an episode where where Presley has to solve his own problems while the mummies are recharging. Maybe, maybe there they, is. No, maybe they, there'll be they, one. But they I, they I felt the like ammunition. I, yeah, I don't I, think it's a yeah. constant issue. I agree. It it just sort of felt like well, you have to go to sleep, and so we sleep too. When we, we all sleep, and nobody, nothing bad happens when we sleep. It was kind of like okay, <laughs> sweet, sweet, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it ties them to some sort of limitation. It sort of anchors them. The, they can't go far from these sarcophagi, so they can't just like live at his house or something. Yeah, the, yeah what although, a wacky scenario that would have been. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. Gotta hide you from my mom. <laughs> my real mummy. Ah. It's, it, 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 it does kind of it does also kind of shit on on uh, on the mummy like the the monster the monster the thing that makes mummies cool is this sort of undying un uh you know un unrestful watch that they're just always at guard and they're always ready yep. So the one thing that they took away that one thing away from mummies now they're now they're even shittier. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to say before we finish this, before we finish talking about this episode, there's a sequence near the end in the fight where they're like on the truck and Presley's like gets 
they, it like careens out of control and Presley hangs outside from the open passenger door. And the camera is positioned in such a way that we almost see full on Presley Jeepers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like just between his shorts. Like uh-huh. it's a very yeah. like. Like it is seriously like. <laughs> like in another genre from another country, it would be a solid upskirt moment. And we see panties, right? Like, yeah, that it, was it felt like that kind of framing. It was a weird framing choice. It was just pure gooch. <laughs> just, gooch. <laughs> just so much gooch. Sorry, I just yeah, want to make sure that we talked shorts. about the, the the gooch before we move on to episode two. So let's do that. Andy, now. you you did a lot of good. You did good work to not have to say the word anime, and I applaud it. And <laughs> I'm paying attention to it. And, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit you with any with any demerits. That was a good job. Thank you. Well, 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 Andy gets a plus one. A plus one. Oh, oh. <laughs> we Master has oh. given Dobby a sock. <laughs> No! Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! Thank you. Now, don't let that get to your head. Too late, my friend. <laughs> it's in my head now. <laughs> I can crawl back out of this well now. <laughs> I'm coming home. Hey, Rory. Hey. Please, 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 <laughs> please tell us about our new sponsor. Will well, you do if I this? have to, twist my arm, why don't you? Yeah, okay. Well, darn it. Please tell us about our brand new sponsor, Turning a Blind Eye to Peter's Crimes. All right. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's, here's if you were, if you, if you've ever been to a place known as uh, Washington, D.C. and the things they do, the things those clowns over in Congress get up to. <laughs> <laughs> then you you would be you would be remiss if you if you didn't because here's the thing because what they've what they've allowed Peter to get away with is <laughs> criminal this guy this guy Peter this guy you know what he does every week he walks he comes into my my place of work he comes where I I have to I work with children and he comes in <laughs> Peter comes into my job and he drinks a big, big glass of of Wendy's Frosty. He puts it in a glass first. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes right to the bathroom. And the things, the things that come out of this monster that he cut, he does, he did. He, if he won't do it in his own house, he has no business doing it where I, where I have to, where I have to go. He's probably lactose intolerant. He's probably <laughs> so. That's exactly right. So he has his weekly frosty, and then turns the turns the bathroom into the the scene a scene from uh, from the famous science fiction movie The Thing, <laughs> and it's grotesque. And and Congress won't stop it. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Congress! <laughs> and Good I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I've written, I've written all of my congressmen's and congresswomen's, and you know what? I've had enough. I, I've had it. I've had it up to here with Peter's nasty crimes and his frosty crimes. So you're he here puts to it, advocate. He puts it in another cup first so that he can slam it. It's not. It's not appropriate. What Peter does is villainous, and Congress needs to just Congress needs to put a stop to it. You think they're currently turning a blind eye? I think what they're doing is intentionally allowing it to continue. <laughs> At this point, they're complicit. How could they not be? <laughs> so please, yeah, I guess I guess we're we're sort of asking for donations on on this cause's behalf to get 
you know, to get enough support to get, together to get, their uh, butt. to get legislation <laughs> on the floor uh, so that we can try and put Peter in a in a place where no one has to deal with his well, shit no, anymore. Yeah, we can poop in his own house if he's got to poop so bad. <laughs> Damn straight. Well, look at the clock, everybody. It's it's mummy o'clock, so it's time to it's time to keep talking about mummies. Yeah, you know, it goes one, two, three, one, two, mummy, three, mummy, four, <laughs> three, fifteen, <laughs> four, mummy, we're two. Back. We're the back. Mummy we're back. At, we're back. Uh, back on the. We're back on the on the chariot and uh mm-hmm, it's time mm-hmm. it's time to keep talking about sleepwalk like an egyptian mummies alive episode two that's right sleepwalk like an egyptian it's a good joke it's very good hey what's that blurb the blurb is as thusly scarab spits out a living nightmare scorpion <laughs> he gets his shadow to deliver it onto presley presley falls into a dreamlike state coming into contact through said dream with Prince Rapses 3,500 years ago. And I know what you're thinking. We, we've done the math, and 3,500 years is different than 25 BC. And you'd be right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you'd be very, very right. <laughs> Tell the person who wrote the theme song that. You just fucked up. You just, <laughs> you just lost one customer. Yeah, Ron Wasserman. You, the you deep consideration with historical accuracy has been... Forever broken. <laughs> I think that I liked this one the best of the two that we watched, and I thought it was yeah. a good way. A good, Agreed. A good way to give us some backstory, uh, honestly. Like, it's it, a great way to polish that turd of of these two. I think this was better. <laughs> yeah, I know I'll it's not it. the highest bar. I'll take yeah, but no, it was it was better. Uh, although all the cool ideas they had were such afterthoughts the you know just like in reading that blurb right like the scorpion and in in the fact that his shadow can do stuff for him those are cool magical that was thoughts cool. those were fun and then they're completely and they had, thrown out uh you know 10 seconds that's a later. good point that's a good point uh but there was some cool visual stuff it could be that they're setting up these things to be used later like maybe we'll get more sure. shadow stuff later uh you know they're trying to throw a lot of things out to be like hey here's a taste of what we'll our toolbox, you know, that we'll use in episodes here's, later. Here's I don't a know. taste of our toolbox. Here's a taste guys, of our tools. You guys, <laughs> you guys, I don't know what the fuck you're doing because you're wasting all this precious time we could be spending talking about the hot raw. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. Some time clearly has passed since the last episode where they needed a place to stay. And now they've turned it into like a crazy hideout. They've turned this Sphinx in the middle of San Francisco into like their amazing lair. that I guess (laughs) nobody else just walks into. Yeah. Like, do they have a secret part of it where they hang out in? It's not clear at all, but they've, they've, they've got like huge elevator systems. They've got cars that they know how to make. Yeah, they've turned out. They've turned the Sphinx into a Thundercats cat's lair, like in no time. And the smart nerd magic guy has built a, a fucking hot rod, and a hot rod, a hot rod, as they call it, because Norton, as the kids call it. 
because I think we, we we forgot to call attention to the fact that they said let's kick tut did we, instead did we of let's kick the, butt. Did we forget their mummies for ten seconds? <laughs> <laughs> and we got to remember, we got to remember because Ra is also the only god that America knows about uh, in the Egyptian pantheon. So it's the only one that we're going to re- reference in this show all the time. Yeah, but, you're not going to hear much about Anubis. No, but believe set. it or not, the hot raw is not the most egregious pun of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, that strangely one, not. That one is that one is for later. That's, it is that's for, a later. Kiss for later. I that's folded for, that note and made it time. very large. Uh, <laughs> now, oh, we'll have to w- find out if we pick the same one later. <laughs> I'm sure we did. There's no possible way we did it. <laughs> no, absolutely no way. So, uh, all right. This is a an episode about sleepwalking. So he, you know, I'll, I'll try and get the big points out of the way fast so that we can talk. So the, the idea is that Scarab makes a living nightmare, which is this scorpion. And he has been uh, protected from seeing or magically detecting the kid from some crazy amulet that the kid's wearing. So he oh, has to right. send yeah. he has to send his shadow to go deliver this scorpion and the scorpion bites the kid and Presley is now wandering around in some sort of magical daydream that will you know presumably have him sleepwalk straight to Scarab so that he can get caught. That's the plot of this episode. Everything around it is just window dressing. And through the the nightmare that he is seeing which isn't necessarily mostly a nightmare. It's, no, it's like mostly just a very normal dream. Yeah. Right. He's viewing so, the past of Prince Rapses and he gets right. to show us some backstory. That's this episode. Yeah. It's a it's a weird excuse. It's like a really weird contrived setup to get us there, but I'm glad it does because it's a, it's still something I'm glad we got to see. Yeah. And we had to we had to know for sure. We had to go back to when they were alive and make sure we know that the mummies were white. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise otherwise it doesn't work. Well, because the mummies are gray, have this like gray And that could have been any color. They could have been black people and we would never have known. And that that had to be retconned. Yeah. (laughs) We need to know. We have to know what their what their what their melanin was like. They're still like more tan, but I'm not going to. But Jacol has a full blown white baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. That (laughs) I have a note for that pink white baby. I do not understand that. (laughs) Like milk. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're white like milk. <laughs> now, like Egypt milk. There was a really a really fun joke, one of the few that we've seen so far early on that was it was dumb, but it made me laugh a lot. That's another of these kind that I was talking about where it had, had to have a very specific setup phrasing. What did you call it? The oh, coach pitch. The coach pitch where Presley brings burgers for everyone, but Armand eats yeah. them all. And Presley said, oh, they take they taste better if you took the wrappings off. And he says, really? And starts taking his personal like uh, wrappings off of himself, like undressing. And yeah. I, I did laugh, but no person wouldn't say wrappers in that instance. Like, yeah, you, would, you don't burgers don't have wrappings. Yeah. Unless you're trying to unless you're mummy adjacent and then you're just sort of <laughs> compelled to start talking. You're code switching into mummy talk. <laughs> Start speaking mummy. <laughs> mummy code switching is an issue. Son, I feel like none of people are talking, talking like a about. mummy in my house. <laughs> I won't have it. These mummies you've also hang- have You've been hanging out with those, those rascally <laughs> mummies all the time. <laughs> uh, they talk very American, too. Like, they, they made no yep. effort 
to and it's probably better that way but they made little to no effort to make these characters sound foreign mm-hmm. uh which given the alternative i think was probably the the better move sure you know sure yeah and into affecting some kind of strange accent that historically we can't really verify you yeah. know and what you it would have even been obviously the move that would have been coolest is if they had more accurate accents from accurate people with those accents but like <laughs> Given the fact that this was a Canadian-American production, I think this was probably the best that we could have hoped for in 1997. Right. And and I think it's it's nice. It shows a dedication to story that we get this episode at all, that we get an actual dedication or a concern to show us backstory in episode two and not just like, no, we got to. OK, now there's like a flying the theme song, flying buzzard or whatever. And, now, you know, yeah. just. Uh-huh. Some some generic threat that happens in this one instead of like really trying to continue the story and flesh out the motivations of these characters. Like I would have loved to have this as episode two of Silverhawks, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like this where we know mm-hmm. like who the Silverhawks are. Yep. And like, did they who did they leave behind? Like what what were their what were their passions? What were they like before becoming robots or whatever? Partly metal, partly real, uh, <laughs> p- partly mummy, partly real. <laughs> Uh, in this case, partly mommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's happening? That's also an interesting thing that they do is they pair these side by sides between what Presley is doing in the past and then they pair it with what he's doing in the present. And he's sleepwalking. He's going on the bus and he's sitting down next to somebody next to like his friend's sister Oh, that was was very funny. You are a woman. And like, (laughs) and people are looking at him doing, you know, like he's, he's chanting strange Egyptian incantations in math class. Yeah. Which I thought was, I legitimately laughed at this one where he's just like, yes, the summoning of Pharaoh and the power of Ra. And he's just, he's dead eyed saying this in math class where they're like Ben Stein (laughs) math teacher is like, what are you doing? And and then his uh, ruler turns into a snake. Uh, cause mm-hmm. he's doing real magic and yeah. it's, it's a, just a cool way to make it actionable and make it matter and do, do flashbacks while also in, you know, furthering the tension. Cause it's like, oh no, is he going to walk off a cliff? Is he going to like, yeah you know, I stab mean, somebody by accident? I mean, I, well, dollars to donuts that this never comes back up again. And nobody's like, Hey, remember that time that you were fucking weird in the middle of math class? Like <laughs> remember the aren't... math teacher had a snake? <sighs> There are I don't know. actual I repercussions think, I, for this. I think they're going to go back to the fighting style uh, a couple... I think they're going <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> no. This is oh, the worst this is, this is So, yeah. So this, from we our all mom, pick the same one. Yeah. The from our mom, one. our boy Pre- <laughs> boy Presley in the past is learning Egyptsu, the ancient martial arts of Egypt. Oh, Egyptsu. I... It's not... It's not good, but I hated how much I laughed at it. Egyptsu. <laughs> but, but it I wasn't know. supposed to be a joke. They thought that was a good idea. That's why it's <laughs> they funny. Did. They did. They, they were so the proud joke. of that. Of yeah, Egyptsu. Because he's like he's like wandering around doing weird things in the hallway, and then some bully comes up and is like, "What is that karate?" And he just says, "No, it's called Egyptsu." And <laughs> it. I don't. I don't this have anything needs to, to say. Go to hell for that. <laughs> 
I enjoyed it, but it does need to go to hell for using hey, Egyptian. I, I have a I have a fun fact for you guys. Uh, epi- episode 15 of this show is called The Egyptsu Kid. I told you. Um, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. So they don't forget that. They don't forget that wonderful bit of world building that they put in there. <laughs> no, it's circled on a whiteboard somewhere. <laughs> yes, Johnson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right next to the pile of coke. <laughs> Yeah, well, all those action figures probably at the back of their cardboard packaging said something like, you know, has Egyptsu action if you press the button, you know, like, I'm sure, I'm sure that they marketed that fucking stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then they all fit into the hot raw and drive off into the mummy sunset. Oh, the The toy commercial. You just imagine having Scarab on a pile of those multicolored blocks, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that that gets shot by a missile. and. And one of the kids is like, oh, use this yes. gypsy punch. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then he falls Take down that, from the brick, from the blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Scarab. <laughs> All toys sold separately. Gypsy action requires two AA batteries. <laughs> um, in case this wasn't clear, the, the, the action that's happening in the past that we're viewing through this dream is that all four of his current mummy bodyguards are kind of like getting their own little moment to shine. And, uh, you know... Uh, Nefer- Nefertina is his chariot driver. <laughs> Although and... they have to again remind us that it's not a woman's job to be a chariot driver. Yep. Right. This is their yeah. one reach down to, to historical accuracy. Right. Is that women weren't allowed to drive chariots. <laughs> so she had to pretend to be a dude. And so he knows her secret because I guess because he's only... a horn dog. <laughs> well, but also her only character trait is that people She's thought she was a man uh-huh yeah. yep. you know like have something else about her like she likes to drive great but like, <laughs> like... <laughs> but i can't because i'm i'm a woman like okay can you just like i don't know can you uh, like to draw or something i don't know just like <laughs> give us <laughs> something it's, it's else yeah, exactly just have something right uh, but no they don't really do that and then uh wrath is teaching him magic Right. Uh, and Armand teaches him how to fight, and then Jakal is going to teach him about hunting. But there, uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to go change my clothes," and he runs off. And Scarab finds him, and Scarab's like, "Oh, your father, the Pharaoh's returned to meet with you in secret. There's like a conspiracy, and you can't trust anyone, especially Jakal." And he leads him off to some sort of like horrible ambush uh, that no one is able to find him in time. Right. Um, it's implied that that's how he dies. He gets like pushed, probably pushed off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, so that the the so that the advisor can take control, since Pharaoh would no longer have a son. Yep. And uh, but before that, we learn a little more about Jakal. Uh, <laughs> we see that Jakal has a wife. Tia. Uh, yeah, he's got a he's got a hot wife and that they're real close. And then for some reason, he has this like super white baby, which we mentioned <laughs> earlier, whose name is Padjet. Yes, but it's just this plump, very pink baby. And they com- they press the baby between the two of them and you see their skin tones like <laughs> yeah. much darker. The, the math is not adding up on this. No, it's like, very <laughs> strange. And that really undercuts what should be a little more of a like. Oh, he had a he had a family. Oh, oh, he had a family. 
It's yeah. it's like the heart. It's what's supposed to be the heart of the episode, and it does actually come around at the end. I felt yeah, a little that, yeah like, that, that he sacrificed. It that did pay to off. Be a mummy. It did pay off. Um, emotionally, <laughs> I but gave up it, everything to be a mummy. Well, it's, it's the <laughs> they, they were a little unclear about it, but I think the impression is that these four people gave up their lives to be mummies. They like. It, it didn't kind die of die some well, accident. They continue their their mission. Their duty doesn't end when and they die. Sure. Which is also happens in in the movie The Mummy, uh, mm-hmm. with Brendan Fraser, which I watched part of. I watched the first fifteen minutes of on Netflix a few days ago in preparation. You don't actually get points for fifteen minutes of a two hour long movie, Austin. I, I, well, I, the I, beginning part of it talks about how the mom, all the, his all servants the, all the, all the would continue their duty. <laughs> Beyond their death, so it's already paid off. <laughs> well, this mummy study I was doing, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my mummy research. Now, there's a there's a weird side plot that doesn't. Uh, I think this is the the least believable part, and that says something because it's a show called Mummies Alive. Uh, <laughs> the least believable part is that they're trying to tear down the Sphinx because the the right the funding pulled out. They yeah. moved the exhibit. They're taking the the exhibit down, and uh, they're like, "Oh no, that's where we've like put in all this high concept work, setting up our like elevator platform for our hot rod." And <laughs> yeah, so it's a very the- expensive installation. <laughs> and the kid Presley is like, "I know how we can do this," and somehow instantly conjures. A like fifty person protest against getting rid of the Sphinx. <laughs> like, how did he get all those people? How did he organize it's, that so it, fast? Who cares about out, the it's Sphinx? It's outrageous, and it was odd because then the mummies lead the protest, but it, because it's not it's not inappropriate for them to be mummies. Yeah, people think know. they're just dressed up as mummies for the protest, and as and. And uh, it's such a fucking white idea of what protesting is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't put on a mummy costume to protest somebody tearing down Egyptian heritage. It's outrageous. Yeah. No, it's it's very outrageous. And the apparently what Presley has told the mummies is that and what they take away from him is that like, oh, well, as long as we march below these standards no one will think that we're actual mummies and it's just these picket signs that say like don't tear down the sphinx or some bullshit and so when they leave the house later to go look for the go look for presley they just hold these signs up and the crowd shows up again somehow yeah people join them like some kind of pied piper of mummies (laughs) and the crowd is just following them down down the street while they go look for fucking presley these people love this sphinx (laughs) (laughs) like what the fuck is this shit who how did he find all these sphinx devotees here like what i don't know that pissed me off but i also i don't know this this is what i keep saying about this show it made me mad but i still laughed yeah i i it was it was an enjoyable way for them to exist in public no Mm -hmm. matter how silly it was at least an attempt to justify and you you know to some degree you're like all right i can kind of see it yeah maybe (laughs) so presley i I always have ah, i know it's terrible What it's happened so bad. there? What and you know, happened so weird. The, we skipped over Presley a weird Carnivan. <laughs> Carnivan. We skipped over a weird reference that they made where like the first time he brings them home to his house in their in in episode 1, they're like, 
oh, your father's palace in Memphis wasn't this small. And then he's like, how do you know my dad lives in Memphis? Yeah, and okay. I think that that is a strange Elvis Presley reference about Memphis and oh. Memphis, and Memphis I mean, in, in Egypt. And well, the fact that he's named Presley. Right. Oh, like, okay. I like they tried to make some sort of weird joke, but I still don't understand why his name is Presley. Like it's just it's just needlessly bullshit. Right. I mean, they I guess there's a connection there if you just well, what can we do with Memphis? Okay. There's a Memphis uh-huh. in America, there's a Memphis in, in Egypt, so they'll make that connection. Mm-hmm. So I but it's such a weird choice to name your the main character of your show, the one who's gonna be like carrying Presley this thing on his yeah, back. Is such an awful name. You have to think that, like, so you have, you just have, it had to have been a studio executive's idea, right? Like, <laughs> was so that they the were name like, of a they, PA? Like, this is the, this is the most, like, how could you, how could you let this happen? <laughs> how could you, who does that? Who thinks like, that's isn't a name? Like, is it an anagram for something? Like, <laughs> later, is, is it, it going to have to? Is it a code? <laughs> Will it have to rearrange and be like I am Lord Voldemort later? Like that's the only reason I see this happening. It's so weird. Okay, but so Presley winds up at the top of this building because he in his vision he's followed Scarab up to the top of this cliff where he's gonna die. So he's he's now at the top of this building where Scarab is and I, I, for some reason, Scarab is now about to achieve Im, uh, immortality. Yeah, I don't know what that. I, don't I feel know like what that was about. glossed over. I'm not really sure. Does he need yeah. Presley to become immortal or to become mortal? I or some. I don't know. Yeah, they're, hard to say. They're so inconsistent with everything except what women are allowed to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, also, he has a talking snake staff. Uh, adorable which is a a, yeah which is a a woman's voice but she is kind of like a flintstones character she's very fun it's Uh like the snake it's like the snake that talks and like well it's a living (laughs) yeah and she says she says something like oh uh, here it is i wrote it down she says hey scarab now that you're about to become immortal where are you gonna go you're supposed <laughs> to say, and then she gets grabbed by one of the mummies. It's cut it's like, off, I guess, Disneyland? Disneyland? That... Like, I, again, very unclear how much this guy knows. But he he also clearly has, like, a whole uh, other identity where he, he is this, like, rich man named Mr. Stone. Is he the rich man? I could yeah. not tell if he was a separate person. No, he's the rich man. So he's Mr. Stone. So clearly he knows and is savvy enough about modern times that he can create an alternate persona and pass out in the real world. So maybe he's been paying more attention. Like he's been awake in this tomb and somehow like watching things somehow, but it's again, unclear. Uh, But you know, they just keep throwing these modern references to whoever's mouth. They feel like having it in. Right. So the, the very end after, I don't know, all the, villains are dealt with we just have a quiet moment with jacal and uh presley mm-hmm. and that's when jacal is looking at like a handprint of of a child like a child's handprint i assume was his white baby <laughs> <laughs> this was the handprint of my white baby and it's just that memory of of the what he gave up and 
he sort of talks to Presley about it a little bit. And just that, that reminder of like, look, like, you know, I can't, I can't go back to what I had. And Presley is like moved by it. And he's like, I'm really sorry. You know, I feel like it was my fault. And yeah, you know, through a generation, like he's kind of speaking as Rapsies at this point, like he's kind of speaking through, uh, himself last time and is like i want to i want to make this right like i want to you know i want to i want to do this i want to i'm sorry and and you know we got to stop this and and it's i don't know it's surprisingly more more affecting than it should be and it it does kind of like pull out a decent ending there yeah yeah it works yeah i don't know (laughs) let's go to an outro and talk about how we felt shall we okay i'm nervous (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say that i hated this show i totally enjoyed it but i had a fine time i enjoyed it in a way that i enjoy you know some some chips from time to time like i don't go home thinking about like oh shit i need to go get some chips but like if they're around i'm like oh now i'm on chips like right. That, that, that's kind of the level of engagement I have here. A lot I, of it, the shows that we've watched have been just exhausting to get through. <laughs> and this was not that. No. No. Which which already sets it on like a high bar. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. But, you know, I mean, I think I think that they're doing uh, an OK job at trying to set up some more character hooks than we are used to. I sure. think. Uh, more some more details about some of the people that we're looking at the promise of a little more backstory maybe but i also think that they've set an extremely bland foundation for what's going to be a you know scarab's plan of the week with some mummy hijinks like yeah i i don't know that it's going to evolve past that point ever Right. Does Presley have an have like a destiny that he's trying to like reach? Like, is he trying to become Pharaoh of San Francisco? Like, is he does he have an innate power that he's learning to harness? You know, is it his destiny to defeat Scarab? Like, what's the upper trajectory here that we can look forward to? Yeah. And I just don't think that they've done that part. I think that they did some other work that was decent work. Uh, but none of that, none of that forward thinking stuff, like you're pointing out. Right. I, I totally agree. Right. And, and so what I will say though, when I saw this as a kid and what I think drew me to it was that it had a darkness about it that I didn't see in a lot of other shows. It mm-hmm. and, and by darkness, that's relative, but <laughs> you know, seeing that we're already starting off with like dead phantoms. Um, <laughs> right. No, you it's know, a lot like um, in a, in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, right? Where the, it was just an odd, an odd comparison, but it's a sh- it's a bright show that just kind of teases that some you know a darker a darker history yep. without really mm-hmm. using it to as a crutch very often. Yeah, yeah. Now apparently the show was created meant to be an older audience show. Yeah, uh, I believe and, then they, made... and then they realized that that they needed it to be more applicable to kids who buy toys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so they kind of shut down. I think they they whether they they dumbed it down or not, I don't know, but probably. Uh, uh, and you know, it does it does feel like they <laughs> they had to come up with Presley Carnivan <laughs> in about six seconds, or the or they'd be fired. <laughs> <laughs> and 
something interesting that I found because uh, I went I went diving a little bit on the internet to see if there was any uh you know fan people... fiction. <laughs> not yet. No. <laughs> no. No. Not yet. No. No promises. But I did go diving looking for uh just content oh. about mummies alive. And I found a, a an ancient like n- late '90s web ring called Supporters of Mummies Alive, and it had a list of like 50 fan websites, and almost all the links are dead. But the ones that aren't go to just these horrible GeoCities like scrolling GIF just bullshit websites. Uh, but I found one called Brenna and Brittany's Mummies Alive homepage, and they had a couple <laughs> interviews. <laughs> they'd like they'd like done email or or instant message or whatever interviews with a couple of the people involved in the show and the director Seth Kearsley <laughs> he had like they asked him about uh like how long it took to make the show and his answer like literally surprised the shit out of me because we we talked to Michael Uslan about dinosaurs in the 80s and now they had to put that shit together in like a month right right or less he talks about starting in September of 96 with his work and finishing in November of 97 and saying, well, once things got going, we were doing two episodes a week, which meant that each week we'd start design on two episodes. And then the next week we'd start to work on the color for those and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just thinking like this show should have turned out so much better than Dinosaucers, given the amount of time that they had. <laughs> and it just really didn't. Like, I don't think that Dinosaucers is great. But I think that it had a lot more like fun in it than this show had. And it was trying. And that was 10 years before this. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So like I want to give it points for what it does right. But I think that given the sheer amount of time that they had and presumably the talent they had with these X-Men alums and some good people on board, like I think that they could have made a more cohesive thing. Well, and, and the Gargoyles pedigree, too. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if everybody go everybody good was working on gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of Silverhawks problem where it's the B team from yeah, the Thundercats. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm willing to give it another week and, and see a couple more episodes, see where they go later in the season. Yeah. Uh and uh you know, no promises, but maybe we'll get somebody in who uh who gives a shit about about the show. We just have might. A- have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> see if they see if they help us understand why it's uh why it's good. Yeah, or not. Or not. <laughs> well, should we return back to our, our sarcophagi? Yeah, we got to recharge so that we can get our mummy powers back. Well, my name is Rapsies, and I'm here to say that mummies are good <laughs> in the usual way. Gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's that's the week in review for us. That's a uh, that's a uh, one week of mummies alive in the in the books. We've we've wrapped it up and put it in its nice little sarcophagus, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be there waiting for us forever. Hey, um, speaking of things being in the books, you know what else is in the books? Our Facebook page, uh, which uh, you should go true. to. Look up Saturday morning Tuesdays. Find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also find our website, SaturdayMornings.com. Uh, you can go find us on iTunes Saturday morning Tuesdays. That's us on iTunes, and you can give us a review, a rating, of subscribe. All of give that. Us find a, us on a five star cophagus. Give us two mums up, <laughs> <laughs> mummies. Uh, two mummies up. Uh, 
<laughs> or or zero mums if if you two mums down if you didn't like that joke. Roger um, Ebert gives it zero mummies down. <laughs> I guess that's good. Yeah. I guess that's good. What's well, it's also zero mummies up. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, you know, uh, a medium mummy is not too bad from Roger Ebert. Rest in peace. Uh, well, he's a mummy yeah. now. Is what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Please, please love us. Yeah. Please do. Uh, we're on Twitter us. and Instagram. Yeah, we're we're around. Uh, and next week, uh, we're gonna continue. It's gonna be mummy stuff week two. We're gonna watch some more mummies alive, I guess, and then. Uh, see what happens after that. You know, we've got all sorts of ways that we can shift this little arc around. So uh, uh, look forward to some we've exciting developments. We've got mummy thoughts, you guys. We've got plenty of thoughts about all the kind of mummies we're going to bring to you. We've got mummies coming out my you ears. Don't, don't even worry about it. You're going to see so many mummies by the time we're done with you. You're going to see our mummy. You're going to see my mummy. <laughs> we got big I'm mummies. Gonna, we got I'm going to take mummies. my pants off and show you my mummy. <laughs> <laughs> we got big mummies. <laughs> We got, we got big, t- thick mummies. We got tiny mummies. We got all sorts of mummies. You think you're too good for mummies, piss? <laughs> oh, no. You get away. <laughs> you brought it back. <laughs> it's okay. No one listens to these outros, so. No.